Uh, David, I'll start with you. We enjoyed, I was going to say we enjoyed, it was like your wedding anniversary last year, but I did enjoy it with you as we put six past Hamilton. Um, what are you expecting this weekend? So as as we've said before, so it is the 15th of October, is the anniversary of the two greatest days in my life. First of all, obviously I was beating Aki 6-1 and as well as that meeting my wife. So as we all know, last year, uh, my, I convinced my wife uh, to come to the Hamilton game, her only ever official game, and we beat them 6-1. She has a 100% record. She's never seen us lose. I was actually thinking about this. I don't know think she's ever seen a team I have been supporting lose either. So I thought, wouldn't it be funny if my wife came again this year? So we are going full works, hospitality, free course dinner, all the drinks you can get, suited and booted. We are going on Saturday. Love is in the air Everywhere I look around Love is in the air Every sight and every sound It's Patrick towards the back post Muir head to try a battle for it Falls to Graham and there's the open goal No offside flag Don't know if I'm being wise If they ever look good in the season But this season they look like it could be in big trouble and as David mentioned, like we're in as good as form as we can be. It's no point, no point getting scales when you're all sitting on the fence. So I, we're going to go, we're going to thump them. Doherty takes it short to Tiffany. Tiffany up against Martin. Cuts inside. Tries the shot. Finds the corner. What a goal from Scott Tiffany. my previous chat about um, the Hamilton game, my wife is also coming to the Aberdeen game, so get your Hamden tickets booked already. <laughs> Again, she's never seen the team I support lose, ever. Doddled in possession, and now Dukes through on goal here, big chance for number 11 on his left foot, finds the finish, Aberdeen have the lead, this will give him the ball away in the middle of the park. Heather, who do you want at Hamden in the semi-finals? Morgan through 3 now. who do you want in the semi? Plays it across low, Majowski. Touches it back to Coulson, his shot deflects. Holt then into his own net. And an unfortunate second goal. For... If there's ever a technically Aberdeen and the time is now off the back of that humdinger of a result against Dundee United. Away from Doherty up against Hodgson now, onto his left foot, tries the low shot, deflects into the back of the net. This will find themselves three down within the first half here. So we're putting Kelly out in the, the semi, and then who's scoring the winner on the final? Tunji Akinola. That has for a foul, but no foul given. It's going to come to Duncan on the left-hand side. Hurts to shoot, doesn't initially, then gets his right foot shot in. What a goal that is from Ryan Duncan. Makes it 4-1.
Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Parsec Thistle. We've got four games to talk about this week and joining me to do so, Jamie McDonald. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good to be back on the pod and yeah, a lot to talk about. Reese Haldane's here. Reese, how are you? I am doing well. Uh, not so great the last couple of weeks watching the Jags, but I still, still got to keep positive. And rounding off our panel this week, uh, ordered Barry Glendening off of Wish.com. It is David Forrest. David, are you well? <laughs> I, I don't even know what the reference here is. But, um, I, I am, I am indeed well. I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, I'm looking forward to getting into this. Just morass of a fortnight. <laughs> well, as I said, we've got four games to talk about. We had a, a week off last week just due to the tight turnaround and the games. And we will start off the pod by talking about a win. Seems very, very long ago. A win in Hamilton. Um, there's there's no real point in going through the starting 11s like we normally do. But um, Reese, what are your memories of that game? It does feel like an eternity ago. So he's a wee second to think back. Um, that was it was a it was a good win. Let's let's put that first thing first. Um, I don't think we were at our best by any means. Um, and I know we kind of spoke before the game or oh, this could be five six and we we're talking it up. But all credit Hamilton. I thought they they put in a good fight. They were showing a good bit of grit and determination. And um, and obviously they carried that into their next game against Inverness and and done us a turn getting a result up there. But uh, on the day I, I felt like we probably did edge it. Our quality shone through. And when you bring guys like Tiffany into the fray. And it goes and produces that bit of magic, and uh, it was it was really good. And I thought I thought we were well worth over three points. And at that point, all things are looking up, and we're sitting we're sitting pretty at the top of the league at that stage. Uh, I it was it could have been it could have been made it made it a bit more easier for ourselves. But uh, you take you take anyone at that at this point of the season, do you know what I mean? And you just need the three points, the most important thing. So I I know I really won't touch on the team too much or anything. So. Happy. I agree. I, I thought I came away from that game thinking Hamilton made it really difficult for us. I know we spoke on the it would be the last podcast that we thought Hamilton would sit in um, and make it quite hard for us, but they they did the opposite. They pressed us quite high. They were probably one of the first teams to really press us and get in our faces this season. And I thought we struggled to deal with that. And in a way, they sort of paved the way for Queens Park to do that to the following week. And the the difference was Queens Park had quality players at the, the other end of the pitch. Um, I thought Hamilton had this, a similar approach and we struggled to deal with that. I think similarly how we struggled to deal with, with Queen's Park, like we'll speak about a bit later on. Um, but while we're on a positive note, Jamie, was was Scott Tiffany's goal the, the goal of the season so far? I think just being behind the goal was the perfect angle of it. I don't know. There's been quite a few good ones. Think of Cole McKinnon's up Arbroath and Stevie Lawless's against uh, Cove at home and then that Tiffany one was great. I feel... I don't know that Tiffany won since it was the winner. I had maybe a bit of a better feeling to it, but for me, it's still Wallace against Cove. That was just such a great strike again off the bar, but they're all good goals. And we, we will rattle through these games quite quickly, but uh, David, before we move on, do you want to just get a, a little dig in at Hamilton for their, for their one-course hospitality? Right. Uh, so, I, I, we mentioned before, my anniversary took my wife in hospitality. Um like the, the the dinner wasn't that much you know there was it was like minimal chicken in the dinner 
the only pint they had was Foster's. And just, yeah, and then somebody, I don't know whether someone set off the fire alarm uh, because they were annoyed at not being able to get another drink or whether Hamilton Aki set off the fire alarm to get us out so we didn't all ask for another drink. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it, it, I wouldn't say it was it was worth the, the money that we paid for it. But I had a good day anyway. My, my wife enjoyed it. She 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 sat in the warmth, so she loved it. She hates the cold of the football. The people I was with, they were they were sort of neutrals. They weren't necessarily big Aki's or Thistle fan, but um, they they kind of agreed that Aki's made it very tough for us. But we we did look really well. Um, I really love Tiffany's um, goal, and it was it was quite wonderful to be able to just wade back in after putting them to the sword to get my my one my rationed one drink uh, before they chucked us out at hospitality but um yeah um a fun a fun day all round and you know still 100 percent for my wife at, at Fissel games you know the, the sky's the limit we could go all the way here that did not last long <laughs> um, <laughs> as we all jaunted up to aberdeen on the on the wednesday night full of optimism top of the championship um getting up to a sort of not struggling, but not exactly flying Aberdeen either. Um, we're on the the wrong end of a four-one scoreline. Jamie, do you think that was that was a fair scoreline? How do you think we we coped that day or that night? I don't know. I mean, we, we weren't good to be honest. Definitely, we were working a win or anything, or we deserved anything at the game. Stuff a little bit, but we conceded some really really poor goals. Like two of them came away. I think it was the first and the third goal came away from us losing the ball, just giving it away cheaply. I think McKinnon lost the ball for the first goal and then Doherty just with a badly misplaced pass for the third. Second goal is the own goal, the third goal was a deflection. None of them were particularly great and also I thought for the fourth goal there should have been a foul on Cammy Smith, so only that one should have stood. But regardless of doing all things, we played well for Aberdeen and I don't know, we could just see a bit of a difference in level between the Premiership and Championship. It does show sometimes. So, yeah, I don't think we really deserved anything from that game to be honest. Reese, what about you? Was that a bit of a, I say wake up call, uh, now knowing what's happened since we've, we've not been woken up, but um, should that have been a wake up call, getting getting goals taken off his bad team at that level? I, I think uh, the quality that Aberdeen had definitely showed, but as, as Jamie was touching on there, you, you can't go to places like that and, and make silly mistakes, like all three of the goals in the first half, we just gave them, gave the ball away and two own goals and it's it comical at times, like two on goals in the space of four minutes. Doesn't matter what level you're playing at, it's just it's embarrassing. You're sitting there thinking this could be it, and and, and in fairness, like I, I don't know what what side of the coin you want to look at. I don't know if it's we brought in Tunji and Brownlee and they sort of came onto the game, or was it the fact that Aberdeen made a couple of changes and they took their foot off the gas a wee bit? But the second half we were actually uh, a lot better, and it looked like we were in the game. Obviously, we got the goal and. I thought it was pretty pretty even second half up until obviously Aberdeen got the fourth near the end. But as I say, the quality definitely showed. They had guys like Ramadani, I think, plays for in the midfield. Albania international, Miofsky up front plays for Macedonia, and even even sort of sort of the lesser players like that boy Hayden Coulson at left back on loan to Middlesbrough. I thought he was brilliant on the night. I know he got credited by a goal, but for me it's McMillan's OG every day of the week. But I, I thought Aberdeen were were really good, and, and we just went up to it on another day. Um, we definitely could have went and won that game, but we just went on our game, and and that can happen to you. We got punished for it, um, and it was a shame for Dowds. Dowds, I think that was his only second start, and 
it just he looked miles off it and he wasn't he wasn't holding it up. Um it was just one of the ones he didn't really do himself any favours, but I out of the cup once again and falling at the quarter final hurdle and it's 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 a sore one to take because you just want that day out at Hamden, don't you? But sometimes it feels like it's never gonna come. David, do you think the worst outcome from from that evening in Aberdeen was actually the, the Kevin Holt injury? Yeah, I definitely think there's there's a case to be made for that about about Holt going off because everyone in the every, everyone in the, the away end was like, oh no, oh what what's gonna happen here? Uh, it's a bit of a poison chalice. You got your quarterfinal of the League Cup, but as well as that, you've lost your sort of key centre back. Well, I I was talking to some people in the pub before the air game yesterday, and probably one of the biggest hangovers that came off of it is that this sort of mentality of, ah, oh, well, we get cuffed in the cup, but you know what? Back to normality in the league, we'll, we'll be back on form. But we weren't, we were obviously going on, we weren't really back on form, and it's it's kind of, there was definitely a wee bit of a hangover from the Aberdeen game there that is sort of underlying. But definitely the whole injury is, depending on how long he is out, could be critical for us for this season. I mean, last year we were very much defined by, you know, Tiffany being injured and out for a while and stuff like that. And even like when Graham was out and stuff. So you, you don't want another, we always seem to have an injury crisis of um, at some point. We have good depth and an injury crisis every season. But um, yeah, the, the game itself, we, we kind of, again, you just kind of go up uh, to places like that and, and play like that. And once it got to like 2 0, the heads went down. And it's a shame because it was a good day out. We took lots of people up there and it was a, there were a noisy bunch and you saw everybody and it was a great wee day out, but just the actual football was, mm, you know. And probably worth mentioning that your wife has now lost her 100% record after being. <sighs> I think she's secretly delighted that she doesn't have to get fucking dragged out to <laughs> stupid games to, to try and preserve our record. No, I, I do think we we did all right in periods at Aberdeen, but uh, if you make mistakes like that at that level, you might not you might get punished once every ten times in the championship, and it'll be once every two or three times at that level. And it just so happened Aberdeen. I didn't think Aberdeen were amazing, but they were very clinical on the night, and uh, I don't think we can really complain. As we said, we did have an improved second half performance, but I, th- I would be putting that down to Aberdeen sort of taking a foot off the pedal. I think Goodwin was looking very frustrated in the touchline with Aberdeen's second half performance where the crowd were getting a bit groany. Take nothing away from guys like even Smith, Brownlee, Akinola, who did do well when they came on. I don't think they were under too much pressure um, in the second half. And I think if Aberdeen needed to go and get two or three more goals, they, they could have done so. We'll move on to maybe the, the most disappointing and the most shocking game then, the, the 4-0 home defeat on Saturday to, to Queen's Park. Jamie, can you put your finger on what went wrong? Well, the big turning point was obviously the missed penalty after Muirhead hit the post because Queen's Park got up the other end, score like two or three minutes later. I feel we just switched off, let that ball split open the defence and it was just really poor. I don't know, I feel the manner of the defeat against Queen's Park was really frustrating because we had a lot of chances originally and I thought we were on top in the first half in general but we can see some really sloppy goals and then the second goal came from that sliced miss kick from Sned which led to a corner and then they've gone and made it 2-0 and the minute it went 2-0 I was just like just turned around to my family and was like oh, that's game over because I could just tell we weren't getting back into it and of course that's another set piece conceded which is really really poor and 
it's hard to put exactly everywhere what went wrong, but the big turning point was definitely the missed penalty, which is getting infuriating, as we were talking about in the chat. We just keep passing up a golden opportunity for those penalties. We just we missed so many. I don't I don't even know how many we've missed in the last like 15, 20 penalties we've taken, but I'm sure we've missed more than we've scored. Reese, I mentioned earlier that I thought Queen's Park sort of followed Hamilton's blueprint of, of pressing us quite high, and they did get a lot of joy with with some good some good finishes. There were some good finishes in there from Queen's Park on the day. They did similar at when we played them in their home game at Stenhousemuir. They pressed us high and they caused our defence bother, and we never really got going in that game either. Do you think there's maybe a worry that we do struggle now against teams that, that press as high? Is that a concern? There was a there was a few concerns after the Queen's the Queen's Park game, and, and you're probably right. It does look at this point in time as if Queen's Park have us sussed. But in all honesty, Saturday was mortifying, and I, I've got the utmost respect for Queen's Park as a club, good club and stuff, and and playing really good football just now. But it's embarrassing losing to them twice in a season, and especially in the manner that we did at the weekend. Because I know obviously it's, you live in you live in a city with Rangers and Celtic, and Fissel are always categorically the third team but it's come to the point where like that's twice that Queen's Park have beat us if they finish above us then you start to think at this moment in time they're a better side than us but uh, it wasn't good and obviously Jamie's touched on the missed penalties it's embarrassing because like how many times do we get when we get penalties there's never ever a part of me feels confident that we're going to put that in the net and it's the easiest thing in football 12 yards stick the ball in, in the net and it's as if we can't do it but it's all, all credit to Queens. They played really well, and we were caught sleeping at times with Tommy Robinson scoring against us again. Should he enjoyed that one? And I, it's, I mean, we had our chances. I only watched the game back. Um, obviously, it was at the game, and I didn't watch it back until last night. I just wanted to. It's one of the ones you just avoid the highlights. But it was like, right, whatever. A second look at this, and uh, watching the first half, we had umpteen chances. Like we had the obviously the penalty, it hit the post. Banzo hit the bar. Turner had a chance, Tiffany had a chance, and there was plenty of chances. We could have had three goals, four goals easily in that first half, and then the one right after half time when Graham and Tiffany both missed the ball, and Tiff obviously ends up tweaking his hammy. Like, and that's another concern. There, there comes a point where Tiffany's far too injury prone, and you can't continue. Like, can you risk him that much? And he's just going to keep blowing up. And as I said to you last night, Matt, when we were talking before the game started, like. There comes a point where you realise, like, maybe that's why he's playing at championship level. Because, like, teams don't really take that risk on a player. If he's in he's in for a game, then he's out for free, then he can play 45 minutes. Cause, I mean, Scott Tiffany's was he 23, 24. He's, like, really young. And he's, had, he's got a lot of injury problems for a player of that age. So, hopefully that's something that he can overcome and get himself back in the team. But I, a, re- a really disappointing day at the office. And it's just one of the ones where... It doesn't matter how many chances we created, it just wasn't falling for us. Uh, I, th- I do think the turning point was probably the second goal. I think that's the first time since we played Queen's Park in the reverse when they went 3-1 up that we've went two goals behind. And I, th- I think we almost panicked and thought, oh my God, what do we do here? I thought even uh, for the, the minutes after Queen's Park opened the score in the first half and even right at the start of the second half, we looked okay. And then the moment Queen's Park got their second, we just sort of crumbled. David, what was your take on the game? Yeah, to be honest, Reese kind of summed up really well what I was going to say. I do feel that Queen's Park 
they, they they have figured us out a little bit and we we didn't really have any answers for it. It was the same um, at the game at Steny and it was the same here. I thought we were we were okay in patches. I felt I, I, I felt it really frustrating that we used to. I remember for like in the sort of a tail end of the Premiership, we got to the point where we used to spend so much time trying to find the perfect place to take our chance from. So we'd pass it about and we'd kind of shepherd the ball and go and we runs and try just try and get it into this perfect place instead of taking a dig. And we spent so much time worrying about trying to get it in line to to have that chance that we ended up conceding the ball a lot and it just didn't work. We kind of overcomplicated it and played too much football in, in that sense. Um, when when people should just be you know having a bit of a dig and we've we've had people who have been a wee bit audacious. I mean, like we mentioned the lawless goal against Cove, that uh, was a ridiculous goal. And there, there's so many of them that we've done over the last season or two where people are just like, "Fuck it, I'm having a go." Dundee as well, and he just felt like we kind of reverted to type a little bit. And I, I I was quite frustrated watching the game just because of that. But again, Queens Park, they outplayed us. They were the better team, and as we said, like. There now, there now comes a point where, go back to the Jags Foundation, one of the things that they mentioned was that they were concerned about the sort of rise of Queen's Park and uh, sort of becoming sort of A1 and A2 with us on the on the scale with us in Glasgow and overtaking us. And I, I, I don't think it's definitive yet, but I think that the proof is in the pudding. If Queen's Park finish ahead of us, that will have a severe detriment on us. Um, if there's another team in Glasgow who are above us, I, I know along with Rangers and Celtic, and it is quite concerning. More so, a four 0 loss, we get beat four 0 arguably too much. But we, we, it happens. It is what it is. But the Queen's Park one was a real wake up for me. Of we need to sort something because it's not just about us this season, like. It, it does. It does have a big significance if Queens Park are beating us all the time and finishing ahead of us. It, it will have a severe detriment on us. And then, of course, uh, last night at time of recording, Tuesday night, we we trekked down to air. Um, I I would say confidence was was lower than it would have been when we originally were meant to be playing air about about six weeks ago. And it was it was quite an interesting start in eleven. There was there was six defenders named. I think we were all trying to work out who was playing in midfield, but it ended up being Lee Hodson. Reese, what did you make of the start in eleven last night? You know, obviously, like when you see the team, there's a wee bit thinking what's going on here. But I said at the time, I was like, I'm quite interested to see this because obviously we've been dealt a, a shit hand when it comes to the injuries. When we had like Tiffany missing, Hope missing. Doherty missing, so key players all over the park were missing, so you might as well try something new um, and to be honest with you it, it was working alright in the first half I thought we, we started the game really well and we sort of had them penned in for a period and we hit with a few corners and stuff and of course, as, as it always happens, we turn over the ball and they go up on the counter and, and get a goal um, but it's, it's frustrating because obviously a lot was made about uh, Akinyemi and, and we dealt with him fine but we almost forgot that Logan Chalmers, very good winger at championship level. Josh Mullen, very good winger at championship level. And there was just an an over-importance on keeping Akinyemi quiet. That was like, just, we were working to our own detriment. But Hodgson, I thought, to give some pass marks out, I thought Hodgson was really good in the middle of the part. I was surprised by how good he was. And fair play to him getting his goal. 
I thought Jack McMillan, as I said in the first half especially, I thought Jack McMillan was excellent. I thought he was so good going forward. Um, same goes for Harry Milne. But Harry Milne put in, honestly, must have been about 15 crosses into the box. Um, I don't think a single one went on anyone's head. But maybe that's something maybe he just needs to work on. Because we know that he's got a good de- delivery. We've seen it before, but too many were over hit last night, especially when we've got two strikers playing up top, and which I actually think Dowds and Graham linked up pretty well. So I wouldn't be opposed to seeing that again. But we're unlucky. Another embarrassing own goal like that. That was probably the worst own goal that I've seen. I've seen, obviously, McMillan's early in the season, free cone goals. But that one last night, Akinyemi's five, ten yards away from him. And he's made a diving header into the top corner. It was, it's one of the ones where you just you feel sick because at the time the defence had, had done pretty fine. Like, Tunji was really good. I thought Tunji was looking back to the player we know that he can be. I Obviously, we were chasing the game at that point and we'd, we'd got back in level terms and just poor defending again gives them the lead and we're chasing the game. We were always chasing the game last night and and obviously that, that leaves you suspect at the back and ended up conceding a fourth, which, to be fair, I don't mind. Say if we're going for a game, and we're trying to get a point because we needed a point. A point would have kept us at the top, and you go and concede a fourth. Uh, it happens, but the only the, the, another another big concern for us in the last couple of weeks is how good our goal difference was, and it's been taking a bit of doing lately. Um, we just need to hope that we can rectify that at the weekend because if not, if Ruth get a result, I hate to say it, but you start looking the other way as well because they'll be one point behind us if that happens. Jamie, what was your take on last night's game? Yeah, pretty similar to what's already been said. Like, I thought we were decent overall. I mean, in the first half, I thought we looked quite good going forward. Aaron Dowds and Brian Graham, we were saying that in the chat, they had some good interplay between them. And yeah, like Reese said, I thought Lee Hodgson was fantastic. Obviously, he managed to not uh, get a goal. And just in general, I thought his play was really good. I remember him spraying some passes out wide and just... You know, get past his man at times, and he's just picking up those balls. I thought he was really good in the middle of the park. And yeah, I thought it was good to see Tunji have a bit more of a solid performance. And I don't like picking on players in the chat last night. Just Darren Brownlee, on goal aside, I still thought he was shaky all night, to be honest. And he just still doesn't look like he's near full fitness, and he's lost his pace since his injury, which is really bad to see because obviously he was fantastic for us in League One. I was saying as well, I think Hero has been a bit below par in the last couple of games. I mean, he started the season so well for us. He was so solid at the back, but just the last couple of games, I think he's just not looked as good, to be honest, but neither have a lot of players. And I thought Tony, I said as well, the subs maybe didn't have the biggest impact, but I thought Tony Weston looked good when he came on and maybe he staked the claim to come on a bit more often as a sub because he's obviously not really had any game time, to be honest. I don't remember in the league, outside the fourth game of the cup, I don't remember him playing the league since I broke away. He might have come on some other time, but I can't really remember, to be honest. But, yeah, it was a frustrating game overall. Obviously, we've scored twice, but we've conceded four at the other ends, which is... It's, it's really poor. It's really poor. Just getting back to the starting eleven, I really didn't mind it. I, I, I thought if we had to play Brownlee and Akinola, a back five is probably the best way of getting a bit of form and confidence into those players, um, sort of surround them and protect them a bit. And I thought it worked for, for Akinola. I agree with you, Jamie. I, I don't think Darren Brownlee is, is a viable option at the moment. And I know that the argument probably is he needs minutes to get up to speed. But I, I don't think we can afford him those minutes in the first team at the moment because he is a bit of a liability um, right now. For me, the the problem with the shape last night was when we had the ball in midfield, Bannigan and Turner were having to wait for the wing-backs to, 
take it up and support. And I thought the wing backs did really well all night. Uh, McMillan and Milne at getting up and down to support. And maybe the reason that Milne's delivery wasn't so good was just knackered because he was the he was the only outball on the left. Um, and as you've said, Dowds and Graham linked up so well. My problem was how long it took to make changes and the players they took off. And we've spoken a lot about strange substitutions and pecking order of players coming on. I don't understand why we had a midfield three and brought Cole McKinnon on, but took the only two natural central midfielders that we started with off in Bannigan and Turner. And Hodgson was good last night, but I don't understand why those two come off. I'm not sure why it took, I think it was over 80 minutes to take Brownlee off and change the shape. I think from from the moment we went 3-2 down, that could have been a move. And it was pretty clear from the moment we went 3-2 down that attacking-wise, we weren't doing that much damage to Air United. And that that probably went on for about half an hour, really, from when we went 3-2 down. And the the pecking order of the substitutions, well, not so much last night, but on... Um, on Saturday against Queen's Park, bringing Cammy Smith on for Aiden ahead of Aiden Fitzpatrick when Tiffany was injured. It's it's a build up of things which has got me to this place where I'm, I'm frustrated with McCall's substitutions now. I, I really didn't mind the shape last night because we were obviously lacking in options out wide and we were trying to deal with Akinemi. So I, I liked McCall trying something different. But I was having a look in the way home last night. We have not won a game that we were losing at half time in since December 2019. And that's like a clear flaw that McCall just hasn't can't work out how to change a game in our favour like that. We've come back and claimed a few points. Um, we beat Stenhouse Muir in the League Cup from 1-0 down about uh, at the start of last season. But it's been nearly three years since we won a league game that we trailed in. And, and that's really a big problem because there's been so many games we've lost by a goal. And we've come on here and said the subs happened too late or... Why did they take him off? And it's hard. I said on Twitter last night, it's hard to criticise individual substitutions because you don't know injury situations, you don't know what's going on in the week in training. But when it's a trend that spanned three years, I think it's fair to point out as a weakness. Rich, do you want to come in? I, I completely agree with what you're saying regarding the substitutions, Matt. It's, it's a recurring theme almost. It's a Ian McCall special. How many times have you seen the game's crying out for a change? Everyone can see it whoever's coming out like you can tell the player that's going to come off because they're having a stinker and everyone in the crowd's telling each other I get him off I get him off for about 10 minutes McCall waits until the ball goes in the net and we concede and then he makes a sub it's as if he's got he doesn't want to change a team that's maybe keeping it keeping it level or a winning side but when the substitution's glaringly obvious it'll it'll stick with that man as opposed to making a change and when you make a change when you've just conceded it's, it's too late the damage is done um, and I remember saying to you last night, just before we move on regarding subs, I remember saying at the beginning of the game, you look at our bench and the one player that I can never see getting a start is Tony Weston. Now, I'm not advocating that he gets a start, but I thought uh, last night he was very lively when he came on. Um, and that being said, every time that I've seen him come on as a sub, he always does look lively. He's got he's got pace that's, that I think only Tiffany can really match in our team. And and that pushes them back. It pushed their back a good couple of five, ten yards. Um, and it... And it it, it makes you, it makes teams like think stand up to it, but so I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him brought on sooner um, and probably used more often because I know it's, it's a good three tiers below or, or whatnot, but 35 goals at any level you can't you can't judge that. Do you know what I mean? So 
I don't, I don't think he can play up front on his own at this level by any means. But bring him on out wide. See, we've not got Tiffany. You've not got that pace. Bring him on. So I, I think he just needs more minutes to be honest. David, do you want to address the the no pie gate last night and the the artisan food trolley that was that you were met with and discussed? It's a disgrace. It's a travesty. It's an international war crime. It's I I like. I, I was saying to you at the game, Matt, I don't really get like angry at football. Like It is what it is. We get beat, we win. You know, I don't really bother that much. I let it glide over me. I was fucking raging yesterday when I went up. The, 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 the manky chip van at air is a cultural institution. It is one of the, the seven wonders of the cinch. I love it so much. It's so good. It is pos- one of the best... I think maybe outside of our bro, possibly the best scran van sort of thing in Scottish football as a whole overall. Not just like one pie, but just in general. Um, they're also one of the rare places that do chips and the pie's really good. Everything. I loved it. So we turned up and there was no pies uh, or bovro. Um, and... Um, it, there was nothing, so it was sandwiches, four pound egg mayo sandwiches, delicious. We all we all ate that, and then lemon drizzle cake, um, and and coffee. And the only drink they did was San Pellegrino blood orange or lemon, uh, no sugar free one either. So as my wife pointed out, she's diabetic. She'd have been fucked because no sugar free drinks, whatever. I, I I believe that the the way it went was that the burger van they lost the contract the day before. And absolutely panicked and brought in something. But I mean, I felt bad for the guys who were running the stall because it was literally just people going up going, can I get a pie? No. How? How no? And then just getting really annoyed. And then I'm going, well, I'm really sorry. Would you like some lemon drizzle cake or whatever or sweet chili crisps or whatever? And I'm like, no, I want a pie. And then just this running battle. And they clearly realised as well that uh, it hasn't worked out very well. But yeah, a, a disaster all round. Br- bring it back. Bring it back immediately. I, I can't remember ever sitting at a football game and going, do you know what, I could go a bit of lemon drizzle kick. It's <laughs> just bizarre. We'll have a little break there and we will go across to match day two in group B of our Draw, Lose or Draw quiz tournament. This week's instalment of our Draw, Lose or Draw quiz, we are back with Group B and it's match day two. First up, we've got Connor Steele against Heather Holloway. Connor, you were unlocking your opening games, uh, your opening match against David. I felt like the questions just didn't fall for you. And um, What lessons have you learned from that going into your, your match with Heather today? 
less of a lesson, more of a warning, I think. If if David and Kieran is a relegation battle, then I think me and Heather is top flight versus non-league. Heather, that's, that's quite a lot of pressure's been put on you there. You were also unlucky against Kieran, but it was a bit of a shock opening day defeat. Are you confident you can get back on track today? I don't know where this um, this confidence in my abilities from other people has come from. I definitely feel I'm shaking under the pressure, but just glad to be here and hopefully can answer a few questions right. I think it's come from the fact that you've won every sort of broadcast quiz about Thistle you've ever taken part in. I did have my, well, you know, I had my dad for the for, for the um, for the official club ones, and I think both Kieran and David would happily say they had off days on other on other days I've played them. I'm not sure David would say that to be honest, but we'll kick off match day two here. Connor, um, your question one is coming up. The the two rounds are going to work as they have in the past. You're going to get five questions each. Um, at any point, you can ask for an away question before I read your question. That's for five points, and then we'll go into round two after your five questions. So, Connor, your question one. Who assisted Stuart Bannigan for his recent goal against Cove Rangers? Oh. Is that the one where he took it down on his weak foot on his birthday? Was that that one? I believe that is the one. Uh. Lawless. Yeah, good answer. You're off the board early for two points. Heather, your question one. Who scored the first of their two Thistle goals in 2019's crucial 3-0 win at Queen of the South? Cammy Palmer. That's not the correct answer. I'll pass it over to Connor for a point. Ross McKeever. It is not. It is Lewis Mansell. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Question number two for you, Connor. Who scored the winning goal for Dundee United as they put Thistle out of the Scottish Cup last season? So in the 21-22 season, who scored Dundee United's winner when they put Thistle out of the Scottish Cup? Ah... The only player caught in my mind is Tony Watt, but I remember it distinctly wasn't him because he wasn't good. I'm just going to pass. Heather, for a point. Parks. Yeah, good answer. So, Heather, you steal one point there. And your question to Heather, who scored the winning goal for Dundee United as they put Thistle out of the Scottish Cup in the 2021 season? Oh, gosh. Uh uh, Shankland? Nope, I'll pass it over to Connor. I believe Shankland did score the equaliser, Heather, but not the not the winner on that one. Connor? Um, I'm just going to pass again. It was Nicky Clark in a, in a controversial 2-1 defeat at Tanadice, if I recall. Question three for you, Connor. Adi Aziz scored his only league goals for Thistle against Celtic and which other club? Motherwell? Nope, I'll pass that over to Heather for another bonus point. 
Airdrie? Or is that the cup? Or is it Dundee? Uh, I'm going to take a, a first answer policy, I'm afraid, Heather. It was Dundee. Um, Did he not score in the cup against... Was it league goals? Oh, I'm so, oh. The question was league goals, I'm afraid. Sorry. I, I know, I, I'm very keen to avoid another Adi Aziz gate in a, in a podcast quiz after last one, the last quiz's debacle where I stripped him of one of his three thistle goals, but Dundee was the answer in a 2 0 win. Heather, your question three What squad number did Andy Gagan wear during his short stint at Thistle? Are you having a laugh? <laughs> it's quite a memorable number, to be fair. Um. Oh, gosh. Oh, right. Oh, wait. Memorable. So Pogba was ninety nine. So was this when it was another big number, wasn't it? You're not gonna answer me. Um eighty eight. That's the correct answer. Oh yes, I knew it was one of those stupid ones the minute you said that. It was a Celtic like, thing. I think it was a Celtic thing. I'd like you to keep um Heather asking me if I was having a laugh in the edit before she got the correct answer there. Um, Absolutely. Thank you. Um Connor, your question for who scored Thistle's first goal of their top flight return in 2013? Um, just going to produce the old faithful Chris Dillon. Again. Yes, it's a good two points, Connor. Well done. <laughs> so it's a strong tactic, if, if in doubt, pick Dillon. <laughs> Heather, your question for I'm not having a laugh. In what month of the season did Thistle keep their first clean sheet of the 2019-20 season? So that was the season where Gary Caldwell started as manager and Ian McCall replaced him. And what month of the season did Thistle keep their first league clean sheet? Wait, so when he took over? Uh, at all. And the whole season, when did they keep their first clean sheet in the league? Gary Caldwell's stint included. Um, I bet it's going to be some sort of like, never. Um... Oh, we had such a bad start. January. Not the correct answer, Connor. February. Also not the correct answer. It was March and a nil-nil draw <laughs> at home to Queen of the South. What an awful season that was. Yeah. I think we, we just about managed a, a clean sheet and a 1-0 Scottish Cup win against... Who did we play? We played some Edinburgh team in the Scottish Cup, didn't we? We scored after like a minute. City, yeah. yeah, we kept well, a, a brave clean sheet against them. And I think we kept one against Airdrie in the League Cup as well. But the first League one didn't come till March. I was wondering if it was one of those ones where, like, because maybe things got snowed off that we didn't play. And then just, you know, and then January we just managed to sneak one. But no, we just were that bad. Oh, yeah, we were terrible. Connor, your question five. You are currently um, four three up in this quiz. Do you want a home question or an away question? I'm going to take an away question. I like it. It's a bold, bold strategy. That's to extend the lead. Uh, your away question. Including the current season, how many seasons have Ross County spent in the top flight? Is, is this in total or unbroken, unrelegated? In, in total. 
I feel like I'm either going to be absurdly low or absurdly high. Uh, ten. Wow, that is the that's the correct answer. Oh, for a bonus five points. <laughs> Heather, you could be on the end of another another quiz upset here. Would you like a home question or an away question? I think I should just retire. <laughs> it might this might be my Roger Federer last dance. Um, but I don't know who's going to be crying and holding my hand though. Um, I'll take, I'll take home and try and win in this in round two. I, I like the strategy. I like the strategy. Your home question: In what year did Thistle last finish higher than sixth in the top flight? So is it not the the top six season? No, higher than sixth. Oh, higher than sixth. Sorry, just to clarify. Uh, 1992. I'll pass it over to Connor. Oh. What was it? The, the last time we were top six in the Premiership? Last time we finished yeah. higher than sixth in the Premiership. Oh. 91. No, you're both a little bit out. It's 1977. It was the last time we finished fifth <laughs> in that season. <laughs> So That's we finish that round with Connor on nine points and Heather on three. So Heather, you need to win both of these and um, both of these questions. Connor, we'll start with you. It's it's in your hands. I'm looking for there are six of these goal scorers in our seven 0 win over Airdrie in twenty twelve. One player bagged a brace and then we had five goal scorers of one apiece. How many can you name of our goal scorers in our 2012 7-0 win over Airdrie. I'm going to take this one to auction and just start with one. Heather? Seven. Right. Well, there's only six. So somebody got a brace. So, <laughs> Sorry. so Heather's <laughs> not allowing Connor to come there. back into like this. Someone. <laughs> She's not, not letting Connor come back into this. Heather, there are, it's a sudden death situation here. If you give me a wrong answer, that is, that's you. If you can give me the six goal scorers, it's a five points. I do feel a little bit confident in this one. Um, Erskine. Yep. Muirhead. Yep. Lawless. Yep. Welsh. Yep. Dylan. Yep. Orbs. Correct. And in I, order I, too. I, I feel, yeah, well, I, I know it, I know it off my heart. <laughs> Very impressive. Right, Heather, this is the deciding question in your criteria. We have, it's another starting 11 question. But I'm looking for the Falkirk starting eleven that lost 5-0 to Thistle in April 2021, the night that we, we clinched the League One title. How many of that Falkirk eleven do you think you can name? Sorry, can we talk about the the questions I've been given compared to other people? This is unreal. Yeah, that's the luck of the draw. No, it's <laughs> it's pure savage. Right. You know, just, just to note. I, I've done the exact same thing with your questions. So I'm like, how's she getting? And I'm getting daft ones. So it's wait, are you, it's part are, and parcel. Are you, in, are you in agreement with me, David? No, I'm I'm saying you're getting the questions that I like. In that first one, I got most of them, and what, then naming the Dundee United squad. That like anyway. Um, you know what? I think I could name five. Five. Connor, do you want to let Heather go or do you want to keep it in your hands? Uh, no advances. Right, Heather, if you can name 
Uh, five Falkirk starting 11 players. If you name a sub that came off the bench, you'll get one life from them. If you name somebody that didn't play at all, that's sudden death and Connor will take match this match day too much. Yeah, that'll take it away five names. Well, I know what you're trying to get, make me do. Trying to make me name a certain player that currently plays for us who was on the bench, but I'm not going to fall for that um, because I'm sure he was on the bench that day. Anyway, um, there was Connor Salmon. Yep. There was um, Fotheringham. Yes. Fotheringham? Yes, that's his name, isn't it? Um... Oh. Alston? Yes. Miller? Yes. And one more for the... And I know, the I know I'm, I'm sure Anton Dowd was in their squad, but he wasn't playing, so I'm not going to do it. Who was their keeper that season? It's always risky going with keepers on a Draw, Loser, Draw podcast. Much. Correct. So oh, an impressive comeback win for you there, Heather, despite the excuses coming out early. Um, so you've come back to claim a 13-9 victory over Connor, who put up a Connor, very impressive played, fight there. Connor, I feel you played really well there. I, I would shake your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Heather, Anton Dows was a substitute and he did appear, so you would, you would not have been eliminated for that. And I refute the allegation that I was trying to make you answer him there. I, really do not care. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, a match day two fixture between David Forrest and Kieran Ashen. David, you were a comfortable winner on match day one, 14-4 against Connor. You could all but secure your semi-final place here with a victory. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm nervous. I need to play the game, not the occasion. This is a big tie. Me and Kieran have been rivals in this quiz for many, many years now. Um, it's It's a... You know, the fans are, are getting restless. We we just need to get a result here, don't we? And Kieran, you you were a a, a surprise forty nine victor against Heather in match day one. How are you feeling about this? It's a it's a chance for you as well to to get one foot in the, the semi finals. Um, yeah, definitely. As I'm just going to basically echo what David says. Me and David have kind of been neck and neck for for quite a long time on um, the podcast on here. Um, it, it's becoming a bit of a rivalry now. But yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to heading into it and hopefully get get another victory. It really feels like Thistle versus Queen's Park now. Who like who is the third force in Glasgow? <laughs> who is the sixth force in Thistle quizzing? Mean <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Okay, well, it's the same format you're both used to, it, so you'll get five Partick Thistle questions each. You can ask an away question if you want to to play risky, and then we'll go to round two. So we'll start with round one. David, I'll start with you, and I'm going to ask you. Liam Lindsay was sold in 2017 to which English club? Stoke. No. Kieran for a bonus point. Barnsley. Yeah, well done, Kieran. Off the mark. Early goal for Kieran. Your question one, Kieran. Who assisted Damon Gray to score the opening goal at Ibrox in 2008? Gary Harkins. Yeah, well done, Kieran. Good answer. Good answer for a question before your time. That's impressive knowledge. David, your question too. Um, our Lord and Prince, Bryson Twamby, scored his only goal for Thistle against who? Is it East Fife? It was not East Fife, Kieran. Another steal. Good luck, Walton. Yeah, well done, Kieran. 
Kieran, your question to who was sent off at Tynecastle in Thistle's first match of their top six fixtures in 2017? Um, so this is a, this is, oh, um, I think, oh, Danny Devine. Yeah, good answer, Kieran. You're, you're romping into a 6-0 lead here. David, we need some answers from you. Question three. Which ex-Thistle goalie conceded three goals against Scotland in a 2011 international? Oh, it's oh, it's a guy for the Faroe Islands whose name completely escapes me. Um, oh, what's his name? It's not Gunnar Nielsen, he's a guy who played for Man City. Oh, we done a fucking pod on him. Oh, I, I know he, he, he let in that stupid goal against Selic as well. Um, and he hadn't played for the Faroe Islands in years, and I cannot remember his name for the life of me. Um, I know it's not him, and I'm going to shout when you tell me the answer, but uh, I'll say Gunnar Nielsen. I'm going to ask you to bear with me for a minute, David. You need to edit this bit out, but I'm going to have to ask you to bear with me. Okay, right, that's fine. David, Gunnar Nielsen is not the correct answer. He did play for the Faroe Islands. I believe you're thinking of Jacob Mickelson, um, but that's that's not the correct answer. Kieran, I'll toss it to you. Uh, yeah, I've, I've no idea. It was Johnny Tuffy. A, a panic oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, I, I panicked that I was like, did he play in goals? Is, is this coincidentally like another game that happened? And I was I'm like, pretty sure oh, he did like goals to Scotland for the Faroe Islands around about that time, but no, it won't be that one. That is a very typical yeah. Faroese name, Johnny Tuffy, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we did play the Faroe Islands and Gunnar Nielsen was in goals in a 3-0 defeat, uh, which Cammy Bell also made an appearance for Scotland in, so there you go. Real times. Um, so we're on Kieran, your question three. Who co-managed Thistle for just over a year alongside Jerry Britton in the mid-2000s? Um, I'm going to pass this on to David. David, for your first point. Is it Collins? No. No, is it? Heather. Wait. Yeah, well done, Heather. Fucking hell. Right. Wait, who, who was it? Derek White. Oh, right, okay. Um, David, we really need some points from you. We're, we're six now down here in round one. I'm, I'm going yeah. to say it. I'm going to take an away question. I'm kind of taking away questions. Let me find my away questions page. Okay, if you can get within one, I will give you the question. I'll give you the point. How many miles away is Coves Balmoral Stadium from Petodre? Um, it is on the outskirts of Aberdeen. Um, but it's still in Aberdeen. I will go. Oh, I don't know how many miles are between things. That's my problem. Um, six. I'll pass it to Kieran. Four. Kieran, you can have three bonus points there. That is four point five miles away. Jesus, that was a complete which, guess. Which, if we were rounding up, would be five, which is one away from six. So I. No dice. <laughs> uh, Kieran, are you, are you wanting to stick with your away, uh, your home question? Sorry, you're on nine nil up here. Um, I'll take a home one. You take a home one. Your question four. 
Who were the only team that Thistle had a 100% record against in the 2020-21 League One season? Uh, so is that like un, is that unbeaten against them, yeah? That is the one every game, a 100% record. Uh, the one every the game. Um, Airdrie? Yeah, good answer, Kieran. This, this could be an unassailable lead, David, unless you pick up some points here, David. It's only a home question for you. Scott Tiffany scored his first goal for Thistle against who? Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, no, I'm done. East Fife. No, Kieran, this, this will wrap this tie up. So is this his first, his first goal for Thistle, yeah? Yeah. Um, Airdrie again. Correct, Kieran. A twelve nil oh, lead. Man. This is oh my word. This it was either that. It was either that or Cowden beef. But he got the assist that game in the three 0 cup game, didn't he? I think um, I, I don't know. But his debut was Cowden beef, and he yeah, yeah, yeah. assisted, and then he scored yeah. two at Airdrie. So yeah. Kieran, um, would you like a home question? You're twelve nil up here. Can fucking see the um, I'll, I'll, take another, I'll take another home uh, question. Okay, here we go. Who is the highest rated Thistle player on FIFA 18 the last time the club featured in the game? Fucking hell. Um, highest rated? I'm going to go with Bailey Cargo. That's just a complete guess. It's not. David Bristol. Is it Milan Nitriansky? It sure is. That's, that's a <laughs> Jesus tragically good answer, David. Well done. <laughs> Where, was Where was that? My question is worth 12 points. I think that question answer is worth 12 points. <laughs> I agree. So we move on to round two. Like This this group could come down to points difference, so there's still, still a lot to play for. So here we go, round two. David, I'm going to start with you. I'm looking at, according to transfer marked the top 10 transfer fees received by Partick Thistle in their history no um, no um, just no just no 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 <laughs> absolutely not um, I will go one Kieran do you want to let David guess one or do you want to go for two um I'll go with I'll I'll go with two. I'll... Okay, David. David. I I mean I need three, don't I? I need to yeah. go for three. <laughs> yeah, three. Kieran. Yeah, I'll pass that one to David then. I'll let him have it. Right, David. Um, three of the top ten record sales for Thistle according to transfer mark. Go for it. William Lindsay. Yeah. Aidan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Alan Hansen. Oh, he's done. He's done it. Sensational work, David, for five points. I was like, can you name a player before Lindsay or Fitzpatrick? (laughs) Any player who was quite good that went to a team, anybody. Luckily, I got something that the old file facts in my head. That was was the three I had in my head as well. What about the guy? Is it the guy who broke his leg and, like, couldn't play again? Alan Morgan. Is he on there? No, is that... He's not on there. So the top 10, according to transfer mark, in order, Liam Lindsay, Aidan Fitzpatrick, Jack Hendry, Mo Johnson, Gary Harkins, Alex Forsyth, Alan Hansen, Alan Ruff, Mark Twaddle, 
and Martin Lachlan. I completely forgot Jack Hendry. Wow. Um, Twaddle was a great guy. So, Kieran, this is your question. We are looking for clubs to be relegated from the top flight during Thistle's five-year stint. So, clubs that were relegated between um, 2014 and 2018. There are six of them. This is excluding Thistle. How many do you think you can name? Um, I'll go for I'll go for all of them. Why not? All six, right? Yeah. It's a sudden death situation for five points. Take it away. Uh, so, Harps was the first one. Yep. 2014. Um, Dundee United were relegated as well. Yep. Um, Inverness. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, St Mirren. Yes. Um, let me think. Uh, da, da, da. Um, Habs. Yes. One more for the five points. One more. Um, oh my God. Um, Ross County. Yeah, well done, Ken. Very impressive. That was that was a tough five one. Five points tough then. One. So this, what was described as a key fixture, has finished with Kieran defeating David to 17 to 16. So we'll see what that does to the, the table as we go into match day three. Well Kieran, done, Kieran. This, this is my Morton 5-0. Yeah, this is, you know, a big tie. Rivals, absolutely scudded. Fair play, Kieran. You've done really, really well there. I have, I've really shocked myself tonight, to be honest, man. I don't, I don't know what's happened. <laughs> I was going to ask Kieran, have you been revising? No, honestly no. So we'll now look ahead to Saturday's game away to Wraith Rovers. It looks every game seems bigger off the back of yet another defeat. So this is a big one on Saturday. Um, I think McCall's probably answered a big question about the goalkeepers. I expect David Mitchell to play now he's come back into the side. Centre-back's probably a big issue. Reese, who would you like to see start at centre-back on Saturday? Do you think he'll, he'll stick with the back five or will he go back to a four, do you think? It's hard to say at this point because I do think in the first half, well, that means Zed finally stuck the ball in his own net. But up until that point, I thought it was fine. Um, if you're going to go with a forward, then it's got to be Akinola. Akinola did look considerably better than he has done um, of late last night. So I'd, I wouldn't be against seeing him starting in a four. Um, and I, it's, I. He's got to, you've got to play Akinola, and if he plays Brownlee, then you've got to back him, and you've got to think this is his last chance. Um, but I, hopefully it's just a, a steady performance at the back. Um, Rafe, it's, I don't really know what to make of Rafe yet this season. The game that he played us, 
that was another one that could have easily ended a draw. They had plenty of chances, um, but we just allowed them back into the game with our own mistakes, with architects, their own downfall, as we've said all season. Um, I don't think they're in the best of forms either, to be honest. But that, that being said, neither were there. I think Erid won one, drawn one and lost a couple of their last few. Or in the same way, Queen's Park, Queen's had only uh, won one in the last five in the build-up to our game. So I, if you're looking for a win, then if this was a team to play at the minute, but I just, I'm praying that we bounce back. We need it. We massively need to bounce back because was that three defeats on the trot? All, all, all that being said, it's one of them was in the cup, but if you lose three in the league, especially in a 10-team league in a row, then you're in trouble. You're in serious bother at that point. So, fingers crossed. I, I do think it'll be a stuffy game. Uh, you ready for a prediction or what? hang fire just now? Hang fire just now. I'll come round everyone and I'll come back for the predictions. Um, Jamie, I think another interesting position is midfield. Obviously, we hope Ross Docherty is back um, and we'd expect him to come in if he is. Um, but do you think Cole McKinnon is... Is he sort of due maybe an extended period in the bench? Has, has his form dipped in recent games? Yeah, to be honest, he's not been at the level he was in previous games, like right at the start of the season, because he was fantastic for us. It was well documented by Fissel fans about how good he'd been. He, you know, he looked so tidy on the ball, did all the small things right, you know, bagged a couple goals as well. Really impressive goal up at Arbroath. And, yeah, he just looked like a really good midfielder and he was a, looked like a fantastic loan that McCullough brought in. But, you know, his form has dipped a bit in recent weeks, but to be fair, so has the teams. But he just, he was out for a couple games, I think. I don't know if it was an illness or what, but he just hasn't looked the same since coming back. He just doesn't look as sharp. And I'm not sure if he's not at full fitness or what, but yeah, I'm not sure if he will be starting, to be honest. There's maybe something to be said just about rushing players back a game or two too quickly. Because there is a sort of trend of when players are out injured and they come back, they do seem to dip a bit. And maybe it's just natural because they're lacking fitness, but maybe we do rush players back a game or two early. It's one to keep an eye on. David, where is good in Kirkcaldy? So I went the last time to Kirkcaldy. We went to a good wee pub uh, on the way called the Duchess of Kirkcaldy. It's quite a, it's quite a fancy joint. It's, it feels a bit chainy, but... It's, it is a good pub. I really liked it. Me and James Kearney went. They had big leather seats that were like thrones. It was just a really, really nice place to be. Um, so I would definitely suggest, at the very least, if you're going for a scoof, one in the Duchess of Kirkcaldy, of minimum, is good. It's, it's certainly worth it for the chairs alone. But um, now, you know, I like a, a chippy, a good fish and chips. I've never been to a chippy in Kirkcaldy because every time I've went and went to get a chippy, it's either been shut or I've been too busy or, or whatever. So... Um, I would like to defer to friend of the show, um, Bad Shot Enthusiast, um, from episode 61 of the pod, rolling back the years here, some vintage content out of the vault, in lieu of being able to get him on to preview the show, because we forgot to ask, and it's like two days before the game. A view from the Terrace's own Sean McGuigan, with his tale about the best chippy in Kirkcaldy. No. Uh, I, I don't know if this will disappoint you uh, as much as the fact I haven't seen The Lion King, but I'm not that fussed about chippies. However, now I'm not that fussed about it's one of my it's one of my least favourite takeaways uh, a, a chippy. I, uh, I I sometimes <laughs> sometimes so my gran loves a chippy, right? So I go up there every Sunday and I'll uh, and then she makes me my dinner even though she's 95. 
uh, but she's she's very sprightly and, and independent and makes him with tea. But every now and again, I think, well, I, I should really be bringing in my gran up for dinner because she's 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 really old. <laughs> so <laughs> she loves a chippy. But I so I go to the chip shop for her. But I uh, I might bring myself in a, a Chinese or an Indian because I'm not that fussed about a chippy. However, despite that, I, I am aware that the best chip shop in Kakoti is Valenti's. Maybe maybe other times. Uh, have this, but there's even like street signs saying like Valenti's this way or one mile to Valenti's. I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if other towns or cities have that. But but yes, uh, Valenti's is Kirkcaldy's finest fish and chip shop. There we go. Right, Risa, it's prediction time now. And as you disgracefully predicted a thistle defeat last night, you've you've drawn level in the prediction table. Uh, I believe we're all now on to 12 points. It's it's level across the board and you can kick us off for a prediction for Saturday's game. Hey, sometimes you need to go with a little blows to get yourself back on level terms. But just, just before I give my prediction, I've already spoke on Rafe, so I won't bother speaking about them again. But just when David mentioned Sean McGuigan there, I thought he was going to say Sean McGuigan. And I just want to touch on him. What was he all about at the end, getting it right up the Thistle fans? What an absolute fan of a guy. We backed him, even though he was mince. But aye, prediction time, Rafe Rovers. Stuffy. It'll be a tough game. But I'm going to back us to bounce back. And it's going to be a 1-0 Thistle. Jamie? Uh, I don't feel confident in a clean sheet just because and how we've been playing recently, but I'm going to say 3-1 Fissile. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, hope, I hope we've got some players back from injury. Right, David? I mean, I, I may should come on here and come up with some daft scoreline, like 8-7 or something like that, but my confidence has been eroded and I'm I'm doubting myself here. I'm, go, I'm going to do something very, very rare. 1-0 Fissile. I, I'm not. It's not going to be a nine-goal thriller. It will be an awful, awful game that we will win one-nil. I'm going to go two-one. That's all. I think we'll scrap out a, a gritty two-one victory again. Don't think we're good enough for a clean sheet, but I can see there's maybe a set-piece goal and a bit of magic from somebody. So I'll go. I'll nah, heart rule in the head on that one, but I'll go two-one. That's all. Eight at the back, Banzo in midfield, Graham up front. <laughs> I actually will be playing. Uh, we'll move on and finish as we always do with Partridge Thistle. And I'm going to ask you, I keep this light. I'm not looking for like drugs or like anything like that. But have you ever been or are you still currently addicted to anything? And David, I'll kick this one off with you. So I have two semi-tangential things. Um, I, for several years, have completely... I used to play video games all of the time. I used to play so many games. I was huge into it, whatever. I have completely abandoned other video games. I just play FIFA. I remember when I was unemployed for six months, I just woke up in the morning, played FIFA until my wife came home at night, and I was still playing FIFA. It's the best six months of my life. I loved it. If you ever wonder, why is the pod out late so so much? You know, why is the pod out late this week? It's usually out the day before. It's because I probably played a game of FIFA and sat for five hours playing it, That, that in, in all honesty. Um, so I am addicted to playing FIFA career modes. Um, but I think I, I had an addiction and I've kind of overcome it before lockdown. I, As you know, I, I like going to like different grounds trying to complete the 42. And the season before COVID, I went mental because I worked a job where I got like weekdays off and stuff like that. 
And I used to go to a game all the time. I was never in the house to go to a game. I got 103 games in the 2018-19 season. Proper just anything. Going to shite holes on a Tuesday night and, you know, uh, struggling to get back home because I just wanted to go to as many games as possible, get get the 100 games or whatever. And I got 103 and... I don't know how I'd done it because, t- frankly, I, I I I go to a game every week t- mostly, but even then, like some of the shit I was going to, I I have I have curbed it down quite a bit. I think I I I had a problem, and the lockdown probably came at the right time for me. We do need a word on your quest to complete the forty-two. I think we had a go at you in the group chat, but it never reached reached the podcast airwaves. I don't think it is a valid completion of the 42 if you choose to attend a random a random match while your own team is playing somewhere else. You went to Peterhead while Thistle were playing somewhere else in the League Cup this season. I don't think that counts. I know Reese is on my side. I can't remember what Jamie thought about it. I think that's a disgrace. Hey, hey, the, the ground toppers, they all have their own weirdo codes of what counts and doesn't count. At, at least you're not like, oh, they didn't have a programme or they didn't have pies or they didn't see like four corners or anything like that. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely, you know, unrepentant. No, you're, you're sounding guilty, David. <laughs> I'm completely <laughs> unrepentant. What was the game again? It was it wasn't Fraser, but it was It doesn't matter what the game was, that's what we're playing, David. Shite. And you were in Peterhead. And we'll move on, David, before you make more of a clown of yourself. Reese, what have you been addicted to? <laughs> oh I, I used to have a almost similar to David I had a serious football manager addiction. And this is when I was probably 10, 11 year old. I can't remember. It must have been football manager. 2011 or something but honest to god like obsessed mate like I, like you know like in school like people used to always ask me about like they'd come up to me and be like who's Arbroath's number six who's Elgin's number nine and stuff and they'd be like oh you must sit all day on wikipedia looking random facts and I'm like genuinely it's just from playing football manager seeing the lower leagues of like Scotland and stuff yeah see playing that game your knowledge of football increases like tenfold to the point where I was obsessed you know all the, the free agents you know like track like I'd play with like Fissel mate and see when people say to you oh I won I won the Champions League with Peter Head and you go aye you're playing it on the app version you know for your phone that doesn't count I'm talking about hard copy on your on your play and on your computer but honestly I, like it was an addiction that I'm, I'm happy to have beat because like all my pals play it now and I, I refuse to buy it because I, I can testify I was obsessed. I've got a I've got a book actually. A book that's called How Football Manager Saved My Life. And I don't know, I can't remember who wrote the book or what, but generally like so many people are obsessed with this game. And like like I don't I just I, I refuse to buy it now because I will go back to being obsessed with it. I devoted so many hours to that game. I this is when I was young, right? I used to go I used to leave my house to go and stay with my gran, bringing my laptop with me so I could concentrate on football manager to get some peace and quiet to focus on my career. But I so I don't I don't play it anymore because it was there's too many too many hours played and I was getting square eyes. So I, I keep away from it these days. <laughs> no, you're right. I've taken leave off work just to play football manager in the past. As I had a a blog with a thistle save I had I I think we've all been down the football manager rabbit hole. Jamie, what about you? I mean, when I was younger, definitely FIFA, but 
nowadays I feel it's just TV shows I go through like a period when I'm absolutely obsessed with a TV show that I'm enjoying like <clears throat> if you remember Matt I remember Line of Duty we were always chatting about it when it was out I'm yeah. obsessed with that show but my current obsession is uh, The Boys on Amazon I absolutely love that show and uh, I've only got into it in the last couple of months so I'm trying to eke it out so I'm only halfway through season three season four is getting filmed right now so that's my current obsession I asked this question because I can't, I recently got the, the 2K23 golf game and it's got a course creator on it and oh, oh my god, I've already probably spent in like the last two weeks, days of my life have gone into that. I've made it, I think three and a half courses I'm in now. It probably takes about an hour, between an hour and two hours to just make a hole with all the detail you go into. So you can imagine how long a course takes to make. And, but, but David, I did overcome this addiction uh, to attend all the recent games, all the recent Thistle games since since I got this game, I, I didn't let it beat me. It was calling me, and I was like, I, I could stay in and just like listen to Sports Lounge or something, but no, I, I left it for a few hours and went to, went to watch Thistle. So. Bet you were fucking relieved at Pataudry when I went to 4-1 oh, that you... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it was the right decision, I'm just saying I left it behind. Anyway, we will leave it there this week. Thank you very much for listening. And we will be back next week to hopefully talk about an upcoming film. In the meantime, stay safe.